This is March 2nd, and today on the show, I put on my boxing gloves and face my past. Yes, we're talking all things Rocky and Creed to get you ready for Creed 3 tomorrow. Then joining me in the squared circle is filmmaker Kenneth Castillo. Then I'm going to be recapping one of my favorite subjects, and we're heading into the vault. This is story time. So before we get started, I just want to talk to you guys about something that I've been doing a video series on. It's something that I'm loving the more I research it that you guys are loving. And I just want to talk about Nawals. So for those of you that don't know what's a Nawal, it is this idea that Mesoamericans, so Aztec and Mayas, way back, they believed that depending on what day you were born, that you could control, create, or turn into an element and or animal. So for those of you that don't know, when it comes to the Aztec and the Maya calendars, it's two circles, and there's a big circle and there's a little circle, and they both got the same 20 symbols on them, and they rotate against each other, and when they meet, it gives you two symbols, and that was the day, um, and that's how they told calendar time. So it's this really cool idea. If you're into zodiac signs, if you're into the Chinese New Year, uh, you're into this sort of like what the moon kind of phase means, more spiritual stuff, this is the stuff for you. I think you're going to like it, and I know it's crazy, but... But genuinely researching this and looking up your symbol and symbols, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's pretty damn accurate, to be perfectly honest. Um, for me, I got the owl and wind, and the wind is pretty much what you think it is. It's free spirit. It's something who is uh, can be a little bit, um, how do I say, aggressive when it you have too much of it, like the wind. But the wind itself, in small degrees, is nice. And I think, yeah, that's, that's accurate to me. And the owl, it's, uh, it's it says like you're a, a um, like a kindred soul, that you are a a kind of connection to your past, that old man mentality, you know, of just being wise, but also being connected to your previous kind of life. So something that I think is pretty accurate to myself. So the Nawals, it's a series I've been doing, like I said, and genuinely, if you want to find out what your symbol is, go to mymayansign.com. I'm not working with them. It's just a website that I found that works great, that they are um, a credible website that uses indigenous resources that is accurate and it gives you cool information and it's free to use. Just type in your birthday. It'll give you your two symbols. It'll tell you a lot about yourself. And genuinely, I think you're going to have a great time. I just want to talk to you guys about that. I'm going to be doing a big video on YouTube that is going to be summarizing all of this. So before that video, um, either watch my videos on TikTok and Instagram where I've been posting them or every day I do two different symbols. So there's 10 videos with 20 symbols. It's a lot, but I really can't get over this. How accurate and it's almost scary how accurate it is. So if you're into that kind of stuff, cool. You're going to love it. Stay tuned. I got a big video coming that's going to be discussing all of that. It's really, really cool, especially if you want to get to know more of your Aztec, your Mesoamerican, your indigenous side, if you're Latino. And if you're not, it's still cool. It's still awesome to find out what you are, because like I said, it's pretty damn accurate. So with that out of the way, let's continue on with the show. Welcome to the Storytime Guide with Matthew Torres, a weekly discussion about the most important events in the world of pop and geek culture. Movies, TV, anime, comics, this is your one-stop shop for all the stories that take your imagination to highs, sometimes lows, but always to a place worth discussing. I'm Matthew Torres, and thank you for joining me. So usually at this point, I give a 60-second recap, but today we're talking about Rocky and Creed. So here's the 20-second recap. Rocky was a broke fighter who got the chance to fight the world champ, and he fights to a split decision, but wins the hearts and minds of all of America and six more sequels. The man he fought that night, Apollo Creed, becomes his best friend, and eventually is a child out of wedlock, and that child, Adonis, later becomes the world champion himself, and tomorrow his third film comes out. Moral of the story is, boxing equals sequels. 
Joining me today is the talented filmmaker Ken Castillo. Ken is the director and producer of seven feature films, including 2013's Counterpunch, which starred Alvaro Orlando, and the one and only Danny Trejo. He is here to talk about all things Rocky and Creed. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Matthew. Appreciate it, man. I love the Rocky and Creed films. I just, probably a month or so ago, just binge-watched the entire Rocky franchise. And before we get into the Rocky and Creed and everything, I just have to say, whenever you binge-watch Rocky or whatever, do you watch Rocky Five? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I, gosh, you know, I don't, I think, um, you know, rest in peace, Tommy Morrison's performance is a bit of a distraction for me. You know, um, yeah. I do I do watch Rocky Balboa, which is the one that came after uh, Rocky V. Uh, there are some good elements to it, but, uh, you know, it, and John Avildsen directed it, which is the original director from Rocky. Um, mm-hmm. But it just didn't it, it didn't have that uh, that um, that thing. Right. Where we boxing. grew up watching. Well, yeah, I didn't have a lot of boxing <laughs> either. Um, but like it didn't have that like uh, rewatch uh, gene that all the Rocky yeah. movies have, you know. Yeah. I'm right there with you. When like I said, when I rewatched the franchise, I got Rocky one. I was like, damn, this movie's good. Rewatch Rocky two and the Rocky. I'm like, these movies are good. I think Rocky three is the big speech where Adrian is like, pull your shit together and pull yourself together on the beach of LA, you know? And I'm like, damn, these movies are good. I got to Rocky four. And I'm like, I always thought Rocky four was like the premiere. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know anymore. Like now I'm like Rocky one, two and three are holding up a lot better than I remember them. And then I got to Rocky Five, and I was like, ah, I don't. Rocky Four too, man. That was, I mean, I love it, but it was of its time. Like you had the Russia USA like yeah. dynamic. Like, I mean, it was perfect, and all the montages, man. If I don't go to the gym, but it, you know, if I did, <laughs> if I did, the Rocky uh, Four soundtrack is the soundtrack that I would be listening to. And it's such a wonderful franchise too. A lot of people, I think, nowadays, because we look at, and we'll talk about Creed, because that's kind of its own thing in itself. That people look at sports and boxing movies and they go, "Oh, it's like action set pieces, whatever." But that's not what Rocky ever was, nor something that it's kind of never been. Do we get cool action sequences? Yes, we get amazing action, you know, sequences, especially when it comes to Rocky. But the, the I think people forget that Sylvester Stallone is a talented writer. He's a talented actor and every one of those movies they didn't get any b-listers they didn't get people who couldn't act they got the best damn talent they could and honestly every single actor in those movies from his coach to his brother to adrian everyone is so good in those movies and i feel like they don't get enough credit for them being just good movies i think they're like oh boxing sport no they're just good damn movies period. And I think that's something that regardless of culture, whatever, that you think you can relate to. But I think a lot of Thinos, especially because we're boxers, like it's our, it's part of, you know, everything. And we've got some of the best in the history. So it's, it's unique that I think the Rocky movies connect to us, especially because like Sylvester Stallone, he's Italian, whatever, but he's not at least the way we viewed in the movie. He's not a big guy. He's always kind of that scrap where he's the one that's doing what it takes. He's not the smartest guy, but he's not the dumbest guy. He's just genuinely himself. And I think that's something that I endear myself to. Yeah, and I love his goal. Like when you talk to people who, let's say, are not like Rocky aficionados like me and you, like they think Rocky won in the first fight. And when you tell yeah. people he lost, they're like, no, he won. No, he didn't win till the second. And the first one he he did win in terms of his goal was yeah. to go the distance. That was his only goal. He knew he wasn't going to win. He was just yeah. like, I just, no one's gone the distance with the champ. I just want to go the distance. And that's what he did. Um, 
And just that that story of coming from nothing. I mean, it, it's it's age old. I mean, tale as old as time. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> and with boxing, you have built in conflict, so they they work, but the characters have to be strong. And in all of those movies, Sylvester Stallone does a great job of writing strong characters and casting great people. You know, and he, I think you're right. I don't think he gets a lot of credit, man. You know, for his career, I was really hoping he would have gotten the Academy Award for Creed when he came back. When and because I was like. To play a character over that much time consistently and be honest, right? Yeah, man. I mean, it's like Indiana Jones. Uh, That's the only (laughs) the only comparison I have. You know, that's very rare in cinema. Yeah, and the thing is, too, when it comes to Rocky as a character, he's really like you said, he loses the first movie, and I think people are under this like assumption that a character has to win the fight to win. But Rocky is not a winner. He he loses quite often. I think half the fights in the movie he loses. You so like I said, in the first movie he loses his big fight, in the second movie he wins, but in the third movie he loses then wins. So in the third movie he's two for two. He does yeah. not have a spectacular record and he, like look, does this franchise sometimes get a little silly? Sure. Like there's robots in this. There's that Polly falls in love with. There's right. um, Hulk Hogan cameos in the movie. And for the Rocky franchise, I feel like it's always been about the story of a character. And no matter what, with anything and else, and the robots and the super steroid Russian, you know, Ivan Drago, Rocky has always been a genuine character that I think we all relate to. We all love. Having said that, he's not in the new Creed movie. I have a lot of mixed emotions because I love Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Um, I love Jonathan Majors. I mean, you've got a huge, it's going to be a huge movie, but I don't know how they're going to incorporate. If they just leave out Rocky completely because Sylvester Stallone said he didn't want to have anything to do with it, that's going to be a big mistake. I don't know if the general audience will will care. Um, I do, though. Uh, I'm really debating whether or not I want to support the film because I love boxing films. Creed three doesn't exist without Sylvester Stallone. And one thing Sylvester Stallone did really good because it was like, how are you going to do movies without Adrian? And he has two, and he did it because her presence is still in Rocky yeah. Balboa. It's still in Creed 1 and 2 because the restaurant's named after her. You yeah. still feel her presence. It's really great writing on his part, um, and it's subtle. I don't know who – you know, I didn't I didn't look to see who wrote the script for Creed 3, but it would be interesting to see how they're going to have Rocky's presence in that movie because, to we me, it absolutely positively needs to have it. Um, and, you know, it's a tough thing because what – Sylvester Stallone understood, especially with Rocky, once he became successful, it's a lot harder to um, to make the character interesting. So Mm -hmm. now that uh, Adonis Creed is super successful, how are you going to make him just as interesting as when he was a hungry young kid asking Rocky to train him? And I mean, in in Creed 2, there was that great dynamic of him fighting the son of the of the guy who killed his dad. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. So I don't know what the story arc is on this one. And, you know, the, the, all the shot, it looks very glossy. It looks very polished. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that that's a good sign. Let me catch up everyone who's kind of confused on this. So Rocky, obviously, played by Sylvester Sloan, has been in every single Rocky movie thus far. Creed 3, which is coming up this week, Rocky's not going to be in Creed 3. Now, the reason for that in movie, in story, we don't know. But out of the story, it's from the sounds of it, from the rumor mills and from Sylvester has said and Michael B. Jordan has said, is that Sylvester and Rocky were originally going to have a smaller role in the movie and Sylvester didn't want to do that. 
that he didn't want a small role. He wanted to have a, a, a big role. He's Rocky. You know, he's important. And both Sylvester Stallone and the writers agreed that he just didn't fit into the movie. So, the, which is a creative difference is a way to say that Sylvester's probably wanted more scream time because it's his franchise. And the writer's like, nah, you don't really fit in this movie. So they went their separate ways. So like you were saying, we don't know the end story reason. I hope that maybe he's on vacation in, you know, Cancun or something. You know, it would be really shock. What if it was really shocking if they killed him off in this, which they could do because Stallone does not control the rights to Rocky, which is an abomination. But it's it's, you know, something that people need to understand about our business is, you know, the the Winkler, Erwin Winkler family who who Erwin Winkler produced all of these films, they actually own the rights to Rocky. So I think it might have been also a protest move on the part of Sylvester Stallone to say, you know what? Uh, I'm done working for the Winklers and not being in control of my own franchise. Um, you know, and, and he's always said it's never been about money for him because he's made out, you know, great, you yeah, know, he's, as, he's a, doing fine yeah, as a producer, writer, director, and star, he's made a ton of money, but it's not about that. He, he wanted to leave the, the Rocky name and franchise to his family, to his children. Yeah. Um, I've heard him say that multiple times. So, you know, it'll be interesting, but I think if, if you have an entire Creed three movie with not even a mention of Rocky in it, um, yeah, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And Michael B. Jordan, for those of you that don't know Michael B. Jordan, this is he is directing this film. So the main character of Creed, Adonis Creed, is directing this movie. I think it's his first or one of the first movies he's ever directed, which directing in general is really damn hard. To direct yourself is really, really damn hard. Yeah. But Michael B. Jordan is very talented. You know, and we're going to kind of see that whether he's going to do it or not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I kind of, you know, I'm I'm rooting for him. You know, I yeah. just like I said, I think the main issue we have or I have is that how are you going to at least have his Rocky's presence felt throughout this film? And if you just ignore it or you forget about it, um, you know, I think people will be upset about that. I really do, because this is it's not it's it, that character has gone beyond cinema. You know, it's one of those things where where um, I think everybody has ownership over him. So it's going to look really bad if they don't. And and again, it takes some talent to do that because how do you incorporate a character that a a presence of a character that's not even in your film, you know, but it just sucks that they didn't work with him a little bit more. And, you know, this is a thing that was going to make money. I think it's going to do well regardless yeah. Um. Whether or not the good mo- it's good or not, or and whether or not it fits into the Rocky um, history, that's a whole nother question. Creed three is about Adonis when he was younger. He had a best friend. That best friend ended up doing jail time for something that they both did, or in the least that that friend blames Adonis for not going down with him. And he got out. He became super buff. He's played by Jonathan Majors, who you might have seen in Kang and the new Ant-Man movie. He was he's in, in everything country. right now. Yeah, yeah. Talented actor, super ripped. He's a talented actor. And he is going head to head against Michael B. Jordan. Um, and it's more of like, it's not just a fight. It's it, it's uh, it's something we haven't seen before in Rocky, which is a surprise. There's been a lot of movies and we've seen all types of athletes and everything. But this is one we haven't seen because in a strange sort of way, this new character mirrors Rocky in the aspect of he's a down on his luck guy. He was not given things. The world has hit him really damn hard. And he's whereas Rocky has stayed more of a like lighthearted. I got to be I got to keep smiling. I got to keep pushing. He was like, no, I'm going to hurt the world for hurting me. And he views Adonis, who's the champion, as a obstacle. 
And so we get to see that. At the end of the day, it's one of those, and I'm sure you you have this too, is like, what happens when a friend goes bad? What happens when a friend becomes toxic and damages you, you know? That's the aspect of the film that I find the most interesting, you know, yeah. because we've all been there with people growing up whom we've loved or respected. And as you get older, you go your separate ways. And so that aspect of it, I find really interested in and can people can relate to. And I think it's, you know, they're kind of taking from the grit of Rocky one. And I think what I see a lot in the Jonathan Majors character is Clubber Lang from Rocky three, yeah. a guy that's just super hungry because, you know, at the beginning of Rocky three, Rocky's real comfortable. He's rich. He's, mm -hmm. you know, Mickey has set up like a bunch of fights that were easy for him to win and make money. And then he finds out, you know, that that he feels like he's a fraud. So he wants to take on Clubber Lang and he's soft and he's not training and everything else. So I'm wondering if they're going to follow that formula because that this Jonathan Majors character reminds me of a lot. I mean, Mr. T was ferocious in that part. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember being a kid and almost and crying when he started when he was beating up, <laughs> when he was beating up Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, oh my I was God. like. And I, you know, I love, I was an eight, I, you know, back, I don't know how much, I think I'm much older than you, man. They had the A team, <laughs> the A team was on. It took, and I love the A team. And I was so conflicted because I was like, no, man, that's the dude that beat up Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, but I that's, love the A team. That's, that's really apparent. And, and that's kind of what we get with like recools, right? Creed one was like a lot like Creed, uh, uh Rocky one. Creed two was a lot like Rocky two, or I guess it was like Rocky like, two, but inspired by Rocky four. Yeah. But, yeah. So they all have the same DNA. So yeah. that's that's another thing I'd be interested to see. And I think that's part of how you incorporate Rocky's presence is by at least using the exact same DNA as all the other films. Yeah. Or you can reference it, too. I mean, if this movie does start with, you know, they, they train together, he fights and, and Jonathan Major's character beats Adonis and takes his title. It would be great for the, the at least even though Sylvester Snow's not there to at least acknowledge the like and just like his coach and mentor who, you know, lost the clubber laying, um, you know, the, he lost to this guy. And will we see the comeback just like Rocky had his comeback? And wouldn't that be cool if, like, you know, he, you know, Michael B. Jordan or, or Adonis Creed goes back and looks at the Clubber Lang Rocky fights to help yeah. him tr prepare for I this hope, fight? I hope that would be badass. That yeah, would I, be badass. And that's how you could incorporate Rocky. And in. it's like, well, I remember when he fought Clubber Lang, this guy's very similar. You know, he wants, to, he doesn't just want to win, he wants to destroy me in the yeah. ring. You know, let me go see what did, what did Rocky do with Clubber Lang and go back to those. Or if he's just going through all of Rocky's tapes of everyone he fought and he needs all that knowledge to but then you have to ask the question where is rocky why are you having to go yeah you know and that so you come into that aspect of it so we're gonna get another creed probably i mean they're they're already talking spinoffs of his daughter which they've yeah. been building up since the second movie that his daughter is eventually going to become this and i can see them doing a time skip or you know whatever yeah because look th this idea of like the rocky universe there's nothing in this universe the rocky universe that sets it apart from the real world other than that rocky exists inside of it right but I do hope that if they're doing spinoffs, if they do a show, if they do another movie, whatever, that they address this. Because I think this was kind of a low blow for the fans. I love Michael B. Jordan. I love Ryan Coogler. I love Same here. King yeah. And this, I feel like they didn't think people would be too upset. And like I said, I don't think the mass majority of fans are upset. But I do think there are some of us who are like, hey, man, like you're building on the back of him. 
Like, Creed may be Creed, but it's because of Rocky. You don't just shut out the guy who made it. If, you, if the story doesn't fit, you make it fit, and you become a better writer for it. And maybe that's just me, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, but no, it's totally. about paying respects to what came before, right? You don't just, like, you know, you get somewhere, you got to pay respects to who was there before. You you know, when you're just accepting your reward for something, you don't just go, like, I did it all by myself. And I feel like this, to me, just isn't a good look for them. Especially that Sylvester Stallone came out and was like, no, I was free. It, it was them. I think it looks bad on their part. So I hope this movie does good. But a part of me is like, maybe in Creed 4, we can have like Rocky and Adonis being like, hey, like you shut me out. You know, and like, this, look, you got your ass before it. And Adonis be like, yeah, that was my bad. I should have done that. Like, you know, let's get back to it. That's what I hope for. I did want to say, and I don't know if we'll ever see it, but Sylvester Stallone did say at the after Creed 1, he had said he wanted to do a Rocky film where the 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 guy, the boxer was Latino. Like that was the one thing he actually yeah. wanted to see. And so I remember I DM'd him. I'm like, hey, man, if you make that happen, I want to direct it. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just throw it out there. Right. But uh, that would be an interesting take. But the thing is, he can't do that with unless Erwin Winkler says it's OK. And if they're focusing on Creed, they don't want to take away from Creed. I, and that and would be that, an offshoot. It would even yeah. be like if the Creed name, it would be another like Rocky offshoot yeah. from that, you know? I think definitely what I would love to see, like, because I think there's a few things that when it comes to Rocky and films and recasts and requels and all these reboots and everything, I think it's important to keep the the DNA, like you said, keep the DNA there, but don't be afraid to step forward into new territory. I think that would be cool because you make a movie, you start delving into maybe oversaturating the Rocky franchise. Right. But if they go to one of these streaming services, like HBO Max, who want to be doing more stuff like this, I think it'd be really cool to see, you know, Sylvester Stallone come in, have him be friends with one of his... He, look, he he owns a restaurant. There's no way, I don't... If it's in the United States, there's no way Mexicans aren't working in that restaurant. And I think right. even in Rocky Balboa... <laughs> that would be the, great! Right, we gotta write this are, script. You and I gotta write this <laughs> script. I think it's a brilliant idea, brother. And it's, again, <laughs> and what sucks is like, you know, it, it, again, it has to... If it, He could have the best rocky offshoot idea that's outside of creed and he still needs erwin winkler's permission to do it and since he's been bashing him in the media but again i think erwin winkler's a producer and if his idea is good enough he'll be like yeah where do if i there's sign money there yeah i'll make <laughs> yeah, money, money yeah there. i don't exactly. think producers take things too personally if they know money can be made <laughs> yeah exactly so once again i just want to say ken thank you so much for coming on i had a wonderful talk with you um so for the audience where can we find you where can we find your work oh brother yeah well first of all thank you for having me man it's great talking to another latino who's doing his thing and you know i love your show you introduced me to a book thank you now i want to read called can't get there from here um you had mentioned oh. it on your <laughs> i was like i mean you, the way you just described that book i'm like i gotta read that but um, so I just wanted to shout you out for I, that, man. Um, but yeah, I actually people have can, it right here. Yeah, I was. I was a, man. I'm gonna, yeah, I, already, I was <laughs> reading it earlier. <laughs> but um, no, people can find me at kennethcastillofilm.com. You know, I have my seventh feature film coming out in the spring called Marigold the Matador. And I have my memoir, um, which I think you'll appreciate because you're from the Harbor area. It's called Stereotypical, my filmmaking journey from the Harbor to Hollywood. And that'll be out in June. Um, we're doing to be doing pre-sales in late April. So hopefully I'll get to talk to you again. But um, yeah, I was going to say, we're going to have you back on for yeah, that one. A lot, a really lot going on. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a hustle, as you know. And, um, you know, but I just I just love it, man. I love talking film. I love directing and, and storytelling and, and even in this aspect. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'll be looking forward to talking to you after we see Creed 3. Thank you, man. Thank you. So 
So The Mandalorian Season 3 comes out this week, and I just gotta say, man, I'm so excited for this. I, like, <laughs> it's... It's been two years since The Mandalorian Season 2. And yes, technically we got Mandalorian Season 2.5 with Episodes 5 and 6 of The Book of Boba Fett. Um, but it wasn't enough. I need more. I need more. I need my Mandalorian fix. It has Pedro Pascal as the main character. It has little baby Yoda, which is Grogu. Um, and man, I just, I love this franchise. I don't know if you guys love Star Wars, if you love The Mandalorian, but I do. And I, I it just... A lot of big franchises nowadays, they don't really give Latinos the kind of the, the FaceTime, the, the credit on screen we, I think we deserve, and I know we deserve. But when it comes to Star Wars, because like, full transparency, I've worked with them. I'm going to the red carpet of Mandalorian Season 3. I went to the red carpet of Andor. I've worked with um, Lucasfilm on various Star Wars projects and uh, in terms of advertising for them on those projects. And I got to say, they're the nicest damn people. Those people care. I told them like, hey, can I talk about the Latino representation? Can I talk about how excited I am that Diego Luna is that he's going to be Andor and what it means and how important that is? And they're like, yeah, uh, yeah, go for it. Do whatever you want. And, you know, and I'm like, hey, like, this is kind of important to me when I talk about this. Can I really hammer? And they're like, do whatever you want. If this wants to be, hey, Diego Luna is Latino, do it. And also, we haven't really advertised for her, but there's another actress in the move, in the show, and she's also Latina. And I was like, thank you that you do my job for me. Thank you. So really, The Mandalorian, Star Wars, everything, it's a lot of Latino representation. So far, I think of the four of the five shows Star Wars has done, Three of them have had Latino leads, and four of them involve Latinos. So, Book of Boba Fett was um, produced and showrun by Robert Rodriguez. Then you have Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. You have Diego Luna as Andor. And then you have Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. So, really, Latinos, we're getting so much. They're feeding us so good <laughs> when it comes to Star Wars stuff. And, yeah, we're getting more Star Wars with the Mandalorian Season 3. I'm so excited. Um, I hope I don't hit my head when I faint when I see Pedro Pascal on the red carpet because... Man, that guy is just doing so damn well. He's so smart. He's funny. He's sexy. He's everything that you could possibly want from a celebrity. And I think the most, and I've talked about this before, is that he's such, he seems like such a genuine guy. So really, this show, I am hyped for it. Let me just recap you because you might not remember everything that's gone on. So let me just briefly recap The Mandalorian and then we'll continue on with the show. Okay, so before you go into Mando Season 3, what do you need to know? So The Mandalorian, Din Djarin, is uh, a bounty hunter. He's part of the Mandalorian tribe. Their race, their world, their their culture was destroyed and they've been slowly trying to rebuild it. And that's really important because that's kind of the whole point plot of season three. So Mandalorian ends up signing up to meet Grogu to take care of this little baby. They end up falling in love in a sort of father-son kind of way. He gets very attached to the baby. The baby gets very attached to him. And they're pretty much like, he my baby. No hurt my baby. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's funny. It's like, great show and season two continues on with that with the trend of them trying to kidnap the baby because he's a jedi and how a mandalorian and a jedi kind of match against each other and with each other eventually leading up with the dark saber so that was the big finale of season two was the dark saber i know it seems like so long ago but that was the finale of the last season and we see in episodes five and six of book of boba fett which look if you're gonna start binge watching things in preparation for mandalorian Mandalorian Season 1, Mandalorian Season 2, Book of Boba Fett, 5, 6, and if you want to watch the rest episodes, you can. And it's pretty much Mandalorian is uh, Mando. Din Djarin is the king of the Mandalores now because he has a saber. The saber means you're the king. It's King Arthur, right? King Arthur's got his sword. He's the king. Din Djarin has the dark saber. He's the king. 
So with that, not everyone wants him to be. He doesn't even want to be the the leader. It's kind of, you know, like, I want to help my people, but like, do they even want me to help them? And so that's what the season three is going to be about, about Din Djarin, Mando, and Grogu, the gang's back together, and they're going to be trying to rebuild Mandalore and stopping people from who are trying to stop them from building this. So really, it's going to be fun. Go rewatch Mandalorian, because genuinely, genuinely, and I know I say that word a lot, but genuinely, it's such a damn good show. Practical effects are good. There's so many actors you don't even realize are in the show. Like, did you know John Lugazamo is in The Mandalorian? Bet you didn't. <laughs> it's because it, he plays an alien. And so it's so damn good. This show's great. The practical effects, the visual effects, the storytelling, the acting. This is one of those shows that you're going to want to get ready, binge rewatch, because season three, I promise you, it's going to be good. They know they've been working hard on it. And we got the Latino lead in the main role. It's going to be fun. And welcome to the all-time segment, or as we like to call it, The Vault. Every episode, I put something in the vault so that we can preserve a piece of art, movie, a book, a graphic novel, etc., etc., etc. Today, Ken, what are you putting in the vault? Well, uh, I'm going to put in the very first film that I ever saw as a kid and have been trying to be this person uh, since then. But I'm putting Raiders of the Lost Ark into the vault because I, to this day, still want to be Indiana Jones. I... I completely understand that. I was just talking to my students. I substitute teach sometime. You know, I make reference and stuff. It was raining at the umbrella and everything, and I'm doing the little thing that Sean Connery did in the Indiana Jones movie. You know what? I was like, and they're like, they're looking at me like, Mr. Charles has gone crazy. And I'm like, no, it's from Indiana Jones. And the kids like, oh, when he kills the Nazi plane guy with the birds, and I'm like, yeah. All the other students are like, the. He kills a plane with a bird and umbrella. Is it atomic? I'm like, no. It's watch the movie. I love the Indiana Jones trilogy. I remember watching them back on VHS. I don't watch the fourth one. <laughs> no, I, I don't think anyone <laughs> Which isn't to say that it's a bad movie. Right. I made a video the other day and I was like, look, I made a job because I talked. I did a video about crystal skulls and the the whether they're actually not real. They're kind of just made up. Yeah. Uh, and someone's, everyone's like, and I made a jab at crystal skull. And I was like, hey, why are you, why are you being mean to crystal skull? And I'm like, oh, people, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't, I, yeah, I, yeah the it. reference <laughs> didn't, didn't connect with me either, man. Maybe that's it. I don't know yeah but it's it's a good i generally guy i love the Anna jones movies uh also maybe not the show the indian young indie i think it was a yeah. young indiana jones mm-hmm. i was biggest fan of that but man those three movies phenomenal films right uh, harrison ford really takes it home I and mean, i don't know for, you look like you're a collector back there i don't know if you're with hasbro yeah. pulse <laughs> so i just bought all the old the indiana they just re-released some of the indiana jones raiders of lost ark toys on hasbro pulse and uh, yeah, I got them all coming in the spring. It'll make my wife very happy. So in the vault, speaking of things I used to watch as a kid and I used to watch as a kid is Ultimate Muscle. It's this anime that used to come out, I believe, on WB Kids, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, wow. I don't it's know that a one. Wrestling. Yeah. So it's a wrestling anime. It's a it's there's like aliens and weird characters and stuff. And they like fight to like not the death because it's a kid show, you know, but they like they do wrestling moves, but they exaggerate it to a fantasy aspect. So like, oh, that um, sounds dope. Is that on? Is it? Is it anywhere right now? I don't know. It's an old show. It came out 20-something years ago. And oh, wow. I enjoyed it and the manga and everything. And it was just a really cool show. The Kiniku Man is the kind of his, like, title. And his father was a big wrestling star. And so the coach comes and there's, like, this tiny little coach oh, guy wow. that's, like, 
It reminds me of little, like, you know, Coach Mickey and stuff, and this main character's kind of a dweeby guy, but he's, like, super strong when he's serious, and he does, um... <laughs> are you a wrestling fan, by the way? I don't know. I know you're I used to be, like, I'm old school, WWF, the Ultimate Warrior, Randy Macho Man Savage, like, I'm, okay. I'm from Bret Hitman Hart, like, I'm from that that genre of, or so, that decade. <laughs> His finisher was the muscle buster, which if you know who Samoa Joe is, he kind of so oh, yeah, like yeah. puts you in like a suplex and then you grab both the legs and then you drop. Dangerous right. move in real life because that can break someone's neck. Right. But in the show, <laughs> he like jumps 60 feet up there and spins and boom, hits them with it. It's the coolest show. I loved it. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if it's still good. You should but try and find kid, it. I bet you it's out there somewhere. It's got to be out. But yeah, I remember watching it. had a cool intro, cool things. And I just, speaking of childhood and the things of like action and Rocky, because I, I grew up in the 90s, so I didn't get to see Rocky in its height in theaters and stuff. But to me, the spirit of sport and coaching and this hero who overcomes all obstacles, that's what Rocky means to me. That's what this, you know, the kind of theme I want to go with this podcast. And that's to me why I'm putting ultimate muscle in the vault. So what do you think of what we put in the vault? Indiana Jones, Ultimate Muscle, have you seen them? Find me on social media. Tell me what you think and what you think should be added in the vault. Everyone, I just bought some huge steaks and I need to tenderize them the only way I know how. With my fists in a Philadelphia freezer. Thank you to Ken for joining me on the show. Thank you to you for listening to the show. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and comment. Follow me on all the social medias. I'm at the Storytime Guy. If you're listening to this, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to me. Don't forget, five-star rating wherever you are. If you're watching this on YouTube, smash that subscribe button because we got so much more good content to come. And as always, everyone, don't forget, have a magical day. The Storytime Guy podcast is a production of Sonora Media. It is produced by Carlos Arenado, mixed and engineered by Santiago Sierra.